You see, the wheel of time weaves the pattern of the ages, and the threads it uses are lives. It is not fixed, the pattern, not always. If a man tries to change the direction of his life and the pattern has room for it, the wheel just weaves on and takes it in. There is always room for small changes, but sometimes the pattern simply won't accept a big change, no matter how hard you try. Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and someone who's never read the series before read through each of the 14 books in this very long series. A warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Eye of the World, please proceed with caution. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing chapters 36 through 40 of The Eye of the World. I have not read past chapter 40, and Will is going to do his best not to bring in anything from the rest of The Eye of the World or the other 13 books during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 40, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing and here and going to read them. Last episode was The Rand and Matt Show. They made their way to Camelin finally. This episode, unfortunately, instead of having summaries that I wrote, I sliced my hand pretty good and can't really type at the moment. So we're going to use the very helpful chapter summaries from dragonmount.com. So, starting off, Matt refuses to leave his room at the inn. He's been growing more and more suspicious of people since Shadow Logoth. Rand meets an ogier named Loyal in the library and mistakes him for a Trolloc. Loyal mistakes Rand for an Aiel man and then identifies him as Taviran, someone who bends the pattern into a new shape. We switch then to Nynaeve, who sneaks into the White Coat camp and cuts their picket lines. She grabs Bella and another horse while Land searches the tents. With Perrin and Egwene, we have Child Bayar, who believes that they're slowing them down, suggests that they might be accidentally allowed to escape. A wolf tells Perrin help is coming. Lan incapacitates Bayar and the guards. Perrin and Egwene don white cloaks and escape in the confusion as Moraine weaves lightning among the tents. Perrin's eyes have turned yellow. Back with Rand again, he attempts to get a look at the false dragon but a filthy beggar chases him away from the main road. Rand climbs the wall for a better look at Loghain, but then falls to the other side. Knocked unconscious from the fall, Rand comes to in the palace gardens, attended by the daughter heir of Andor, Elaine Trikhand, and her brother, Gawain. They are discovered by Elaine's half-brother, Galad, and taken to Queen Morghese. Rand is interrogated by Morghese, her Aes Sedai advisor, Elida, and Captain General Gareth Bryn. Elida foretells pain and division for the whole world, with Rand at the center. She tries to convince Morghese to take him prisoner, but the Queen believes Rand's story and sets him free. So, unlike the last couple episodes where not a whole bunch happens, a lot happens here. Yeah, and we meet a lot of new characters. So too. many new characters. And people who, like, we've met other characters, but are they really going to stick around? A lot of these seem like they're going to stick around. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you would know if they stick around or not. But also, we're, we just spend so much more time with them, and we get a better description of them, and Rand interacts with them. Yeah. It's more on the Rand side. It's all on the Rand side. Uh, except a little bit on the parent side, too. So we have Loyal, Egwene, Gawain, Galad, Morghese, Elida for Rand. You said Egwene. I s- meant Egwene. Elaine. <laughs> we did not meet Egwene. Uh, I meant Elaine. Uh, and on Perrin's side, we have Bayar. And he's really the only one who I think He's not new, out. though. No, he's not new. That's true. We, we have not met him. We have already met him. Yeah. We met him last section. But... Well, he's a piece of work. Yeah. We, we meet several pieces of work here. Yeah. Starting off initially with a good one. Loyal is a great piece of work. He, <laughs> he is he is a fine piece of art. Loyal I is. don't think that's in, 
initially, or that's like how that phrase is intentionally supposed to be used, but... I'm here for it. Anyway, Loyal's great. I love it. It was a good attempt at a segue. But he's great. He's just, he just wants to read his books. He wants to go places and see things. He's like the ultimate tourist. Yeah. So for context, Loyal is an ogier. What is an ogier? An ogier is just a different species of being. Okay. Because they, when they were talking about it, I was like, am I supposed to know what this is? Have they mentioned them before? And I just don't remember because it's been taking me so long to read this. Like, we've been reading this book for so long. Yeah. Um, I They've maybe mentioned Ogier before, but not in any detail. Okay. Uh, it, it is mentioned, like, Rand tells Matt at some point, like, hey, you've heard stories about Ogier. You should know about them. But... Matt promptly replies with, nowhere did it mention them looking like Trollocs, which they don't actually look like Trollocs, but it's easy to see how somebody could be confused because Ogier are massive. And have some animal-like features. Yeah, they've got like real, like their face is sort of bestial, but it's the hair and the fur. Yeah. I think that really sets it off. Because when Rand first meets Loyal, he's like, oh shit, it's a Trolloc. But then it starts talking. Yeah. And he's like, okay, maybe not a Trolloc. And then Loyal just introduces himself and they, what did they call it? What did you call it? The They play the politeness game? Or... Yeah, they're both trying to like out-polite the other because Rand is, Rand's first response is like, oh shit, you're a Trolloc. And then he's like, no, wait, what are, uh, hi, I'm Rand. He's, yeah, he wants to be like, what are you? But he's like, maybe that's a little rude. Let me start right. by introducing myself. Right. And Loyal the whole time is talking about how humans are either basically just hyper as shit or they don't live very long. And every time Loyal does that, he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Yeah. And Rand's just like, no offense. I'm also like trying to think of like, oh my god, you're so old. Right. Without being offensive. Right. Because we find out Loyal is 90, and apparently that's considered not quite adult for Ogier. Yeah, it seems kind of like elvish ages. Yeah, that's actually, I, I think Ogier are supposed to speak to elves in general. He did seem a little bit elven and druidic in that sense, because he went around, he went on about trees for a good long time. Ogier loved them some trees. Loved them some trees. They're like, m- meeting is called the stump. Yeah, and he's from the Steading. The Steading, yes. Which we saw last section. Yeah, we, um, Perrin and Egwene have been in a Steading, and that's. Is just there only one, or is it the Steading, or is it just a Steading? Because he are... calls it the Steading. Yeah, but that's just kind of a term. Okay. The Steading. Steading is like plural. Okay. Like there are two Steading. It doesn't it sound like quite fish. right. Yeah, it's kind of like fish. Uh, one fish, two fish. Yeah. <laughs> but with Steading and weird Druidic, not Trollocs, who are, again, quite big. At one point, Rand comments that Loyal sitting down is bigger than some people standing up. Yeah, and that's a lot coming from Rand, who's also really tall. Big dude. I think he said something. I think there was a number mentioned, like, eight feet tall or something. I don't know. Ten. Ten? Ten feet tall. He was, like, near the ceiling of the room. Jesus. It's a tall, he's a tall boy. He is, but he's also very much like a gentle giant. That's what I was just he's, about to say. He's carrying like like four or five books on him. Yeah, and he, I love, I just love him too. He's just so like, I don't know. I just, 
in my brain, like, I know he doesn't have glasses, but I just imagine him wearing, like, a big cardigan yeah. and, like, corduroys and glasses. He might canonically wear something kind of like a cardigan, just with big pockets. Like an Ogier-sized cardigan. Yeah, like, I can just, he just has, like, librarian vibes. Yes, like, Stark Academia so. librarian vibes. And there's, like... A moment where he talks about how he was too headstrong and He took something. like a whole year to make a decision and the rest of the Ogier were like, why are you thinking so fast? Yeah, and saying that like he was like, something not headstrong, but Rand was like, if you're headstrong, like... What do the others do? Well, yeah, because you're really calm. Right. Like, you'd be even-tempered in the two rivers. Yeah. I mean, most people. Most people would be even-tempered in the two rivers. And... It's... It, it, aside they are from known, Tam. They're known for their stubbornness. Yes. Which even Gawain mentions later in one of my favorite moments. Yeah. So funny. We do get a different variety of story time with Loyal, too. We get story time with Loyal, which sounds much more like a, just like a happy bedtime story. Yeah, it's it's like a librarian telling a story. Because he's got, it's like, like, a deep, rumbly voice. <laughs> you just, you just want to, like, lay in bed all cozied up and have Loyal tell you a story. Yeah, he he's more like, ah, let me tell you this story about a thing you don't know. Yeah. Rather than, like... And it's partially because... Sit down! I'm going to educate you because you're dumb. Which is, is the Moraine, that is Moraine story, time. story time. And then there's Tom's story time, which is like, look at me, I'm fantastic. Yeah. But part, I think, of why you get loyal story time is that Rand feels like he can trust him. Yeah. Because he tells loyal everything that happens, which he hasn't done to anybody yet. Yeah, he hasn't. He tells him everything, and then he even makes a comment about how this is the first time he's felt like he's actually had someone to talk to because Matt. <laughs> because he and it, yeah I don't remember exactly what the wording was but basically Matt's like no trap like Matt doesn't exist anymore right which he's... was so sad Matt's having a real hard time Matt's having such a hard time my notes literally just say poor Matt and then I have like several bullet points underneath it's kind of that's like the topic heading is just poor Matt it's kind of interesting that you're like empathizing with Matt so much because a lot of people on their first read through at this point just don't like Matt because he's acting like a little bitch. He is but I he's not acting like this because of his own volition and I think yeah. that's what I, I maybe if I hadn't been reading if I wasn't reading it so slow I might have that reading but I'm taking maybe. my t time really reading this and digesting it and analyzing it with you every yeah. other week so I understand that Matt isn't really acting like this because of his own volition. And even if he kind of was, he probably has some PTSD and depression. Like, he's too depressed to eat, he's exhausted, he believes everyone is dead, and then he won't leave the room. I'm sorry, that's depression. Like, yeah. poor boy is depressed and he just needs to be wrapped in a hug. He has a fucking depression dagger, which he... is way worse than the tumbler hot knife. Yeah. <laughs> at least you can cut, at least you can make toast with that. The worst you get with depression dagger is just, like, unending sorrow. Yeah, at first it was greed dagger, and now it seems more like depression dagger. But I'm not sure if that's just because he's around so many people, or if that's just how, like, at first the dagger sparks greed in you. And then at the longer you have it is when the depression starts to kick in. I have thoughts on this that I think we get to get to next time. Okay. That 
because I haven't figured out the mechanics of this similar lines. Yeah, I haven't figured out the mechanics of this dagger yet. Yeah. It's not like the tumbler hot knife where it's like that was pretty immediately like Right. What this knife does. It's hot. Probably set a barn on fire. Like Yeah. But yeah. That's about all we get from Matt. That is, because he hides in the he's room. Just hiding. He just he literally burrows farther into the bed like he's trying to become one with it. And <laughs> which same. one which yeah, mood. But <laughs> just poor, I just want I just want to give him a hug. Matt Matt needs a hug. Matt still needs a hug. It's true. Back to story time with Loyal though. We learn about something here that is gonna come up a lot. I men made a mention of it last time. Taviren. Yes. We start to learn a little bit more about the pattern and the wheel of time. So we touched on it a little bit in the quote at the beginning, but can you just like explain Taviren? So to put it in, let's say, succinct terms, Taviren are main characters. In universe, they are people (laughs) around whom the pattern weaves itself for a short time. Yeah. They're it's main characters. They're it's, main characters. It's plot armor. Okay. Which I'm sorry, that's kind of fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like, oh man, why are all these main characters having important things happen to them? Well, because it's a thing in this world that main characters have things happen to them. Right. And it's clearly not just good things. Like loyal stresses like this can be bad. A lot of people don't want this. Right, and that kind of goes into what what's her face Elida says about Rand is at the heart of the world dividing, and that kind of goes along with that. Like I have some thoughts Tiberian. on that too. Um. Um, but it's just this isn't the first time that someone has mentioned something about how Rand is a turning point, and yeah. Loyal goes on and says that all three of them seem to be Taviran at the time. Like, he thinks that all three of them, especially as a unit. And Moraine has kind of said something similar about, like, she hasn't called them Taviran, but she's like, no, it wasn't It wasn't Moraine. It was Min. Oh, okay, yeah. When Min was going through her creepy aura time, she was saying something about how all of them have, like, an energy void around them. And I think what she's seeing is... Taviran. Their Taviran nature. Yeah. So a couple of things on Taviran. Taviran touch on the kind of themes of the wheel weaves as the wheel wills, where Taviran don't have what they want to have happen around them. They have what the pattern wants to have happen around them, good or bad. Right. Another thing with Taviran is that people can be Taviran for any length of time. You're not, it's not something you're born as. It's something you become, and maybe you're not later. Okay. So they, it's entirely possible that Rand may not have been a Taviran at the beginning of the series. He could have become one. Partway er, through this book. book. Right. Uh, and going back to last episode, this is where that lightning strike could be very easily explained by this. Weird shit happens around Taviran, and that can include lightning hitting a wall randomly. Yeah. I still won't trust it. But That's fair. Uh, just you hadn't experienced, you hadn't read about Taviran yet. I was like, it could be. Explained yeah, by that this. could. That is a possible explanation for it, and I'm open to that being the explanation for it. But there's also like you said, Taviran is basically the main character. But that there's other things in the world that can explain some of the things yes. that are happening to these main characters, not just Taviran. Definitely. Like a lot of what happens to Perrin. Perrin and just Egwene, because Egwene's a main character. We haven't gotten, like... So I will say one of the things, Egwene is not Taviran. And I absolutely think something that they could do in the show that would improve it would be to make Egwene Taviran. Because she is. 
Right, she does so much. She does a lot. And and in I kind of get it for two reasons. One, things don't necessarily arrange herself or arrange themselves around Egwene as they seem to around the boys. And, and a little bit naive. And a little bit naive. Because especially but, in that section later when she's like creeping up on the camp and they just don't notice her. Like, either they're real dumb or it... Well, with Nynaeve, I disagree because Nynaeve, a lot of time is spent developing Nynaeve as capable of doing these things. She snuck up on Lan. What the fuck are random white cloaks gonna do to, That's true. to Nynaeve? Like, she can sneak up on fucking Lan Mandragoran. Random ass not-Nazis are not gonna have anything on her. That's fair. But it seems like it could be set up for Nynaeve to be Tavirin at some point. Especially because when, like, and that that's where the Min or creepy aura of time is coming in. Because when mm-hmm. Min meets Rand later and says, the second Nynaeve came in, that aura got stronger. Yeah. So it seems like there might be something going on with Nynaeve at some point. I'm, like... That's fair. I, it seems I, like Tavirin's going to be... I will bring up two other things throughout here. Throughout the... Well, it seems like Tavirin's going to be something that happens throughout the entire series because I don't think 14 books are going to focus on just Rand, Matt, and Perrin. Like, there's got to be other characters that come <laughs> in. Like, Well, we are, I mean, we already have another viewpoint in Nynaeve. Right. And there's got to be... Because there's, like, a whole bunch of other characters that I have never even heard of or that I haven't come across that I've heard of, like just seeing names yeah. in the ether and on the internet, that they have to be, like, main characters at some point. Yeah, like, so two things on that. One, someone doesn't have to be Tavirin to be a main character. That's true, but... Like, I... And and the other one kind of plays into that with clearly... I, I think it's, it's pretty clear that Rand, Matt, and Perrin all have similar things happening to them. So if one of them is Tavirin, probably all three of them are. Right. And especially at that bit with the White Cloaks, if it's strange that Nynaeve is able to do that, it could be Perrin's Tavirin nature causing it to happen. That could be as well. Or Egwene's, because again, I think Egwene should be Tavirin. But I, I, I think my main point is that it's a 14-book series, and there is no way that Rand, Matt, and Perrin are going to be Tavirin the entire time. And I don't... And it seems like this is a an important enough lore in the world that once they are no longer Tavirin, another one will pop up at some point. It's a 14-book okay. series. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely. my prediction for, like, seven years down the line when I finally get to it. Yeah. Um, so we, we... We will have another Tavirin before the end of this series. Okay. Hot take. I guess. Not hot, hot take. take. This it's prediction. a take. It's a take. It's a take. We've gotten into it a little bit, so let's shift gears a little bit to what's happening with Nynaeve and Perrin and Egwene and Lan and Moraine. Perrin gets rescued. Yay, reunited. Perrin and Egwene get rescued. Reunited. <laughs> yes. It's quite nice. And there's a whole bunch, Although whole Perrin, bunch of stuff. Although Perrin is not feeling so good. Perrin's not feeling so hot because the White Cloaks kind of beat him regularly while they had him captive. They, cut, they beat Egwene a little bit as well, but Perrin took the brunt of it. Clearly, because probably they're like, well, we don't want to beat a random woman. Yeah, like she has and, some bruises. But... And Perrin, or not Perrin, Egwene didn't kill two of them. There's that. And what we learn later, Egwene doesn't have weird wolf eyes. Yep. Perrin has weird wolf eyes now. Yeah. Like Elias. I kind of love that for him a little bit. I don't know why. I just do. All right. I Like, it's interesting. And 
for most of the book, Perrin's just been this simple boy. Like, everyone thinks Perrin is this simple boy who doesn't have anything special about him besides the fact that he's been lumped in with Rand and Matt. And now he has something that's his. Now he has the most special thing. Right. And... Because even even if, as you believe, Rand can channel, other men can channel. Yeah. So far, we've only known of one man who can also talk to wolves. Elias. Elias. And we get a lot of interesting information about the wolf eyes and Elias from Lan, who doesn't seem to be freaked out about Perrin's wolf eyes. And he kind of thinks it's cool a little in, like, his little Lan way. Like... (laughs) (laughs) His little Lan way? (laughs) Um... I have feelings about Lan. I think, I think uh, <laughs> Lan's take there is on... It, it kind of comes down to, I think, Perrin's ability to talk to wolves is going to be whatever Perrin makes of it, not anything inherent. Yes, it. and I like that take from it, because Moraine's kind of just like, um... Right, and I think Elaine, it also or helps. Not Elaine, um, Moraine is taking the same take that the Aes Sedai tried to take with Elias, which is just, you're evil. And Lan... She doesn't understand it, it's bad. Yeah, and Lan doesn't understand it, but he knows someone who previously could do this, because L- Elias was a warder. Yep. And Elias trained Lan, it seemed. Uh, I don't know if he He's, trained, but they he, were at least contemporaries. But he said, like, he touched his sword and was like, he taught me a lot about this. So it seems like, at least I read that as Elias was some sort of mentor, or at least, like, he looked up, even if they were kind of contemporaries, he looked up to Elias at least a little bit. Elias does give good advice regarding weapons. He does. Because he gave Perrin that advice about the axe. Yeah. So maybe he was just like, hey, Lan, that's a cool sword. You should keep it. And Lan's like, yeah, okay. But actually, Lan, Lan is always going to keep that sword. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, Lan... I just have feelings about Lan. I like Lan. Lan is great. And And apparently, also, we will come back to this, taught Rand more than Rand thought about a sword. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, because I'm a little, like... He, does he, he doesn't use it in this section, does he? No, but Gareth Brynn is like, he knows how to use it. it wa- he walks like it's his. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting scene. And, like, where scene. else could that have come from but Lan? Yeah. It's probably... That that moment is probably just a imposter syndrome thing for Rand. Mm. A little bit. Like, he doesn't he, know. He... He hasn't really trained. He got, like, he a couple really weeks trained, of training. But he anyway, also... We're talking about Perrin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Perrin and Lan and Nynaeve and Egwene and Moraine and the rescue attempt. So, yeah. Um, it starts with... Just a fantastic moment, and it's so small. But Nynaeve's just standing there holding the reins for Maldib and... Uh, not Maldib. Mandarb. 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 And... <laughs> Ridiculous name for a horse. Mandarb and Aldib. Um, I accidentally I, created if... a horse ship name. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. We, don't, we do not need horse ships. No. No one needs um... that. So she's just holding Mandarb and Aldeeb's reins, and Mandarb is not having it. He does not like anyone but no. Lan. Um, oh. And Aldeeb's just, like, nuzzling at Nynaeve, and Nynaeve's like, well, I'm not gonna make you suffer just because Maldeeb's being a horse Mandarb. dick. Mandarb. <laughs> I, I, if Mandarb was white, he'd be that horse from Tangled. 
from the picture I have of Mandarb in my head now is now my grandfather's horse, imagine, who what? is a dick. He's just like the worst horse ever. And that kind of makes me think that at some point Lan might punch a horse in the face just because now I'm... My grandfather once punched a horse in the face because it was cornering me in a stable. And... That's not what you want. That's not what you want. So <laughs> grandfather just like walks up to the horse and kind of like punches it in the nose to get it to stop. Horse was not phased. Mandar wouldn't be phased either. Mandar wouldn't be phased either. Mandar isn't phased by shit. No. He only lets Nynaeve take his reins when Lan is basically like horse whisperer. Like, he only lets Nynaeve take his reins when Lan literally hands them to her. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, if Lan trusts you, then yeah. I do too. And Aldeeb's just like, I want nozzles. Give me pets. Give I'm me fine. pets, please. Loved it. Not at all like. Mandarb is a little bit like Lan in that sense. Mm-hmm. Aldeeb is nothing like Moraine. No. You'd think, like, they spend enough time together. I like I like the idea that pets are like their owners. Not I don't know what that Aldeeb. says about our pets. <laughs> we have a demented old lady and a raccoon. Yeah. Those These are actually cats, but one of them is a raccoon slash demon. Oh. And the other is a demented old lady. She's 19. She's very old. She's very old. Anyway. So they hatch this plant. Yeah. They they stumble upon the White Cloak camp. There's just like a few paragraph span of them traveling, I guess, in which Moraine realizes when Perrin loses his coin and when he gets it back. Like, she can feel it, which is weird. Like, I, I know it's, it's magic. I know it's already been established, but it's still weird. They're tracking them. They're tracking Perrin by it. I know. It's just, like, a weird bit of magic, and I, like, because I don't quite understand it or know what the magic is, so yeah. it's just weird to me still. Unsettling. Not weird. Like, I understand it. It's just unsettling. Um, okay. Nynaeve also finds it unsettling. I mean, Lorraine is a slightly unsettling woman. Yeah. In general, so. So they stumble upon the White Cloak camp, and Lan wants Nynaeve to sneak in and create a diversion. He's like, cut a few of the ropes off the horses so that a few of them go. Nynaeve goes extra. Nynaeve cuts all of them and steals one. Yeah. She finds, she goes into the camp. She's she's just cutting lines left and right. And then she comes across Bella and is very happy to see Bella because she's like, okay, Bella's here. That means Egwene is also here. Right. And then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to take Bella with me. And then if Bella and Perrin are here, that means that there are two of them and Extra we need horse. another horse so we can get away. I'm just going to steal this other horse too. Yeah. And so she just steals two horses from in the middle of a, in the middle of an army. Yep. Because it's a full on army. Yeah. She lets all of the horses go and then steals one. It takes her a little bit longer, but, you know, she goes baller. Meanwhile, Lan is ninjaing his way through the camp, because he takes out, like, three guards unarmed. Yeah, he, de- he, de- not decapitates, dis, what's the word? Um, he knocks him unconscious. Not, but there's a word, like, there was a word that my brain can't find right now. Incapacitates. Incapacitates, there we go. <laughs> yes, he incapacitates three guards. He incapacitates three guards. With his hands. Yeah. And they're, like, armored and have swords and stuff. Yep. Although Byron's carrying an axe. Yeah, I thought he came in with his sword, but... No. Because there, there was, a, like, a line about 
his hands and feet being used. Oh yeah, he just incapacitates them, and which I know it's Taren meant to be like, like martial arty, but I can't. I'm just imagining him just like flailing his foot out, <laughs> and that's absolutely not what happens. But because it, it's not described as a kick. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a flurry of hands and feet. And, like, I can imagine a flurry of hands being punches, but a flurry of feet doesn't sound like kicks to me. No, it doesn't. But that is the that is the phrase that describes that in all literature. Yeah, and I always picture just, like, a cat <laughs> on its back, just, like, flailing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's a moment where Perrin's like, is he dead? And Lan's like, no, nah, I only kill when I mean to. Which, that's kind of a badass line. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's slightly cliche. Still badass. Yeah. Land, land's just a badass. Yeah. And neither Lan nor Nynaeve are really underdone by Moraine, who just summons a buttload of lightning. Yep. Just like, okay, distraction, boom, lightning. And then again and again and again. It goes on for like half an hour. And there's like an earthquake a bit too, yeah. which causes the horses to run. Yeah, she likes her earthquakes, Maureen does. She does. Which is weird for somebody who's apparently not very strong at, at weaving earth. Yeah. But if, if she's not strong at weaving earth. What happens when there's somebody who is? And what happens when she's using something she is strong at? That's fair. But yeah. Back to Lan a little bit when he's coming up with the plan. He mentions to Nynaeve that there are wolves, land, which again... Land with the plan. Land <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, he tells Nynaeve to be careful because there's wolves at night. Which one? They're around because of Perrin. Um, they're not a problem. They're here to help. They're here to help. But they don't know that quite yet. And Nynaeve is just all like, yes, because I don't know how wolves act. It's not like I grew up around sheep herders or anything. And there's just like this, they just like stare at each other for a moment and are like, hmm, banter. There's a lot of land and Nynaeve banter, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and Lan doesn't, like, they get Perrin and Egwene back, and Nynaeve's not back, and Maureen's like, all right, time to go. And Lan's like, and Lan immediately, they're like, Nynaeve's not back. Lan immediately turns around and is like, I'm going to go back for her. And Maureen's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, remember your oath. Border, come back here. Yeah, and he's just like, grumble, grumble, grumble. But then she shows up with horses, and it's like, oh, shit. And when she climbs down from her horse, he immediately, like, catches her arm, and they, like, stare at each other again. And then she's like, can I go hug my friend? And then he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing about this part is that it's not even in Nynaeve's perspective. It's in parents. Yeah, so it's real obvious. It's real obvious, and I am about it. <laughs> Yeah. Love it. Yep. But yeah, so that when Moraine is yelling at him, she does mention something about the diademed battle. Diademed. Diademed. Thank you. Battle Lord of the Mal. Malkiri. Malkiri. Malkir is what? a country. He's mm-hmm. a, a battle lord of Malkir. And he, he like wears a diadem. Oh, I forgot he wore a diadem. It, uh, I'm guessing it means something. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. I wonder if that means something that might come up later. I don't think it comes up later. But yeah, she like lists off a whole bunch of titles for Lan. Lan has several titles. And they titles, have, titles, he, titles. He seems to have enough that most of the time when people refer to him by titles, it's a different one. Yeah, and Perrin's just like, is he really all of those things? 
how can anybody be any of those things? But then we get introduced to Morgaze, who's described like five ways. Yeah, she has like it's a like, Daenerys level of right. titles. Um, Which apparently Lan also has. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the last bit that I noticed when we were talking about with the Perrin and Egwene and the Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve show, now mm-hmm. that they're all back together. Yes. They We get a little bit more information about the Red Aja and something about the Lace of Ages. Is The Lace of Ages is just another term for the web, I'm guessing. Yeah, that is specifically something that happens around Tiberin. Okay, I thought that was um, the word that we were trying to pronounce and can't, but I've decided it's Tamaraline? Maybe. Something? I don't even think that's what I had settled on, but... So is the Lace of Ages and Tamaralain the same? I, th- I think so. Because the Lace uh, of Ages is so much easier to say, and if those are the same things, I'm never yes. saying that word huh. again. I don't think that word ever comes back up. Cool. Basically, I believe both are just the like specific section of the pattern woven around Tiberin. Okay. And then we got a little another mention of the Red Aja, but I don't yep. think we still know what happened nope. with the Red Aja. But they did something with Elias. Yeah. They were after Elias. They seem to go after weird stuff. Yeah. We do also learn there's there's a lot with Perrin and Egwene too. We learn that at least some of the wolves, specifically at least Dapple survives and yep. Elias survives. Yes. Which of Dapple, course they did, because they, they just kind of fucked off. Dapple and Elias are alive, so yay. And there's like a weird moment with him and Bayar's cloak. Like he has like a weird attachment to it. Like when they're burning the cloaks. Oh, I think that's just because Bayar is like Perrin's like fixation on the white cloaks being evil is Bayar. Yeah. The one who seems the most wrong. Because Bayar is also just kind of kind of a dick. He kind of reminds me of Ramsey Bolton in a way in that yeah he Perrin describes him as like he doesn't even hate Perrin he just thinks he should be dead yeah. so he's like evil to a point that he doesn't even yeah. have feel that he's we feelingsless were, we he's, were entirely gonna miss this I, I just realized Bayar offers to let Perrin and Egwene escape right because they're slowing them down right and so he's like if you guys escaped we weren't gonna travel after you but then Perrin's like you're just gonna kill us. Yeah. Like, Byer is sneaky and also a dick. Yeah, that it just solidifies the Ramsey Bolton vibes. Yeah. I get more. Like, let them go and then recapture them and torture them kind yeah. of vibes. Yeah. That's okay. it. Ram- definitely Ramsey. I don't think he's as evil as Ramsey. No. Because he does seem to believe in the mission of the children of the light and not he doesn't he doesn't want to do these things for himself he wants to do them for the children yes but he does the the actions yeah kind of come across the same i think i agree there because Perrin sure. is like covered in bruises yeah we get when they reunite Nynaeve has him like take off his shirt so we can so she can like look at his wounds and mm-hmm. like the entirety of his chest is just yellow and brown and purple and model it's modeled with bruises like yeah yeah it and somehow he didn't feel i think he was just too distracted maybe that's what he says he's like i think i was too distracted by the wolves and the messages they were sending but the second she points him out he's like oh fuck like this hurts there's also some i guess confusion worry on the part of moraine and lan that Perrin's wolfy status is maybe 
given to him by something bad. Lane doesn't think that. Moraine thinks that. Yeah. And we had, we touched on that already. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, like, it, Moraine doesn't understand it, so she thinks it's bad. Right. And... Lane's just like, whatever. He does ask, like, did you come across anyone? But yeah, I, I that, think, that's how they get into the Elias yeah, thing. But I, I he, think it, he was asking before, it as more of, like, a did you find someone that can mentor that mentored you through this to this state or did you just pop up this way yeah and i think before he started talking about elias land was much much more suspicious probably i think there's there probably is a level of just kind of unspoken trust between warders i can get behind ostensibly that. warders have the same mission which you don't fully know what that is yet no i don't but they clearly share something right well and then the other like I think that Perrin and the wolves thing was happening before he met Elias. Because Nynaeve mentioned something about the wolves were acting differently in the two rivers that winter. Okay. And so maybe they were trying to reach out to Perrin in some way. Yeah. Because they can, they found that connection to him. Yeah. And so this ha- this has been happening to Perrin for a while he just started to really understand his powers and be able to tap into right. them. Or maybe they just matured. They either matured or he started to understand them and then use them, and that's now why his eyes are yellow. And I think Elias helped him channel his powers. Yeah. I No, I, I buy it. I think that's... I would not have thought about that, but I totally buy it. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's all of the parent and group stuff. Yes. Back to Rand... Hopefully they finally meet up with Rand in the next section. Rand has also, the second half of Rand, Rand's adventures in the big city is eventful. Eventful. He... And he's real dumb. He is supposed to be not drawing attention to himself, and he does the exact opposite. Yeah. At least, like, the first couple bits aren't his fault. So we learn in, in the last bit, he buys a cloth to wrap around his sword to hide that it's a harem sword and he buys a red cloth which he learns is basically signaling his support for queen morgays there are two factions in the city the red faction and the white faction the yeah the red anyone wearing red cloths in any manner are saying that they um have allegiance to the queen and the white faction is like she's terrible and the aes i suck yeah it seems um, to be focused around elida the aes yeah, it does. Um, Especially with all the white cloaks. and It's kind of, I think, brought to a head by Loghain. Yeah. And so that does, when Matt real or when Rand realizes that, it does make that interaction he had with the shopkeeper make a lot more sense. Because the second he picks up the red cloth, that shopkeeper goes instantly, like, antagonistic to him. Yeah. It makes a lot of his encounters make sense. Yeah. Because it draws, it, it draws attention to him. Because even a lot of the visitors, he's saying that a lot of the visitors are wearing white just because... Right, there are more people wearing white than more than wearing red. But I think him accidentally claiming allegiance to the queen ends up really helping him in a couple of ways. One, when he gets to the queen's blessing. Basil Gill makes a point to say that he's a good queen's man. Yeah. And then when he falls into the palace grounds, falls into the palace. So um, he wearing the red cloth is a, like a good signifier that at least he's not here to kill the queen. Yeah, I don't think it would have mattered to Elaine. We'll get to that because there, there. Yeah, there are two things. Two things before that. Um, that's one of the things drawing attention to him in the city, and the other is that 
there is someone looking for him. Yeah, there's like a beggar. I don't know who the beggar is. Yeah, we'll probably find out. More or less. Because it, like, if they're asking, he, the beggar is asking for him, Matt, and Perrin by name. Yeah, in a bunch of different inns. And so when Rand is trying to find a place that he can get a look at Loghain, he sees the beggar. The beggar points him out and has a mob chase him. Right, so he's running, and then he climbs up a hill, and he sits on a wall. And he sees just a glimpse of Loghain, but he doesn't get to see his face. And then he Humpty Dumpties. He falls right over the wall and cracks his head. And then Humpty is, Dumpty. And then is tended to by Elaine Tracand, the daughter heir who was also on the wall. She was in a tree. Her she and her brother tree. were in a right. tree. And she's like, hey, person on the wall. And that makes him fall over. Which is, and that's a meat Come ugly on. if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah. Although apparently not that ugly. Because Elaine admits later that, although was that was that? It's not a meet. Actually... It's not a meet cute though, because it's an no. unfortunate meeting. It's not like there's like meet cutes and then meet uglies. I would say meet ugly is falling off a wall and bleeding, and then having her rip part of her skirt off to wrap yeah. a bandage around your head. Whereas a meet cute is like, I don't know, running to running into each other at a coffee shop and like. Okay. Like that's a meet cute. Sure. This was straight up unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Meet ugly. Yeah, he falls off, and Elaine comes down and they have they they go on and she like tends to his wounds wraps his she like rips something it's a scarf she gives him a scarf which again with the scarves why do people keep giving Rand scarves I don't know maybe they want him to be a magician but she wraps a scarf around his head as a bandage yeah well she gives she puts an actual bandage on like the wound but then uses that to secure it because she has like bandages and stuff she has like stuff just in her pockets she has a first aid kit in her pockets for some reason which like you go girl um, She's a princess walking around with a first aid kit. As one does. Elaine is a lot of fun. I like Elaine. At least currently. She becomes not as fun later. But. Spoilers. I like her right now. But yeah, so Elaine's like tending to his wound. And he says that he's from the two two rivers. And Gawain. Her brother. Her brother comes in with a line that like, Oh, you guys are really stubborn in the two rivers. My sister should marry someone from the two rivers because she needs someone stubborn enough that they won't let her mull them over. Yep. Which is just so funny. Like, I like the sibling banter between Elaine and Gawain. Yeah. Like, they just have, they seem like they have a good relationship. What they don't have a good relationship, or who they don't have a good relationship with is is their older brother. Galad. Older half-brother. As they, as at least Elaine will be very quick to tell anyone. Yeah. Half-brother, Galad, who only shares a father. Galad's father is Tarangil Damadrid. He's Galadrid Damadrid, which is kind of a tongue twister. But also, they, their, Elaine and Gawain's father is also Tarangil, but their mother is Morghese. The queen. Yes, the, the current queen. Galad's mother is the former queen. And the reason that he's not king is because Andor doesn't do kings. Right. It's, it's matrilineal. The f- what's the dad's name? Terengale Damadrid. Taren... Just what's the first name? Terengale. Terengale. So Terengale is kind of just like marrying monarchs. Yeah. Like kind of... Well, he's... When we were talking How much about of it? this is spoilers? I don't know. There, there's reasons for Terengale to, to marry more gays that are very specific and come into play later. But it seems like he's kind of um, margarying it up. A little bit. Marrying a line of monarchs. Yeah. I mean, you do you. Yeah. But so so Elaine is tending to Rand and Gawain, and they're they're just, like, having banter. And Rand is, at that point, kind of giving as good as he gets. And then he has a moment where he's like, wait, 
who's your mother? <laughs> and they're like, the, the queen. queen. With all the titles. Yeah. Titles, and then titles, he's like, titles. oh, fuck. I was trying not to draw attention to myself. And then I I'm... fell into the goddamn palace. And he's just like, it's okay. I'll just climb back up the wall. It's fine. <laughs> he want, He really just wants to, like, get up over the wall and, and run. And she's like, no, but I just healed your hands. And you're my guest now. And she's got a big old crush on him. And so she's just like, then Galad comes in. Yeah, Galad is Galad like. Is, well, Galad comes in. And he's like, you are a peasant and you have a sword and you're a threat. And I'm going to go get the guard now. And then... Well, actually, what what he says is uh, Elaine gets him to not tell their mother. But he does anyway. He, no, he doesn't tell. He doesn't tell their mother. He tells the guards. It's the same thing. It's not. He's not lying. He always does what he thinks is right. It's it's the same thing. If you tell the palace guards, the queen's gonna find out. Maybe, but maybe not. No, it's the same thing. It's semantics. Yeah, but he also didn't lie. It's it's very specific <laughs> isn't that allowed is it are you he doesn't just, lie it feels he like there's lie. like a reason because he just always wants to do the right thing and he right. thinks lying is the wrong thing yes but so he can't so if he says if he says he's not going to tell more gays he's not going to tell more gays but that doesn't mean he can't tell the guards it's semantics it's the same freaking thing he, galad damadrid lives in semantics I don't like it. Semantics That's are fair. like semantics are dumb. You basically told the queen. Basically. You d- you just did what you said you weren't going to do. Because they do drag because... him to see the queen. They do right, drag him right. to see the queen. Like, if you tell the guard, you're telling the queen. It's the same. It's the same thing. He knew. Yeah. He knows that the second he tells the guard, the queen's gonna find out. Yeah. That was his goal. He just did it so that he could say that he didn't go against what his sister wanted. Right, but he also still wanted to do the right thing. So the right thing to him was keep his word and not tell the queen, but also do he what wasn't he keeping wanted his word. to. I'm arguing that he wasn't keeping his word. That's fair. He's a dick. Yes. I don't but, like him. But the guards come and they're like, hey, you're, you have a sword and also you are intruding and maybe you're a threat to the daughter heir and the first prince. She's like, no, we like him. Right. The, she and Gawain both immediately are like, uh-uh, no. Put your bows down. Yeah. And they don't, mostly. Some, half of them do. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't. Yeah. And there, there's another moment later where they're just like, it's a fucking random peasant. What, who, what is he going to do with, like, 30 guards here? And then Gareth Brit, and then Elida, actually. Elida's the one who, like, checks out Rand's sword. It's like, oh, well, he has a Heronmark blade, and all the guards are like, oh, fuck. We fucked up. Because <laughs> they all back up yeah, at that point. Yeah, they all are like, they're all like, whoa. They, they back up and Rand's like, okay, they're backing up because they think they're going to need more space, but also they're ready to die. They think they're going to die facing me. Yeah, and he's just like, I'm just like a backwoods fucker from Two Rivers. <laughs> That's his entire line of defense is <laughs> I am a backwoods fucker. Do not bother me, please. I am not here to bother you. I just want to go on my way. He's like, I am just from, I am a lowly boy from the two rivers. Yeah. Please let me go. Yeah. And they're like, you don't look like you're from the two rivers. You. Yeah. They, they then... mentioned like he doesn't have the hair or the eyes or the skin to look like he's from the two rivers. Right. He doesn't have a, any of the coloring of the, of a two rivers person. But he does have the accent. Which, which kind of saves his ass. It does. Because um, Elida is like wanting to imprison him. And he's just trying to defend himself. And Elaine comes to his defense, too. Like, 
if he was here to harm us, he wouldn't have wanted to immediately climb back over the wall. He realized where he was and was like, please, I'm just going to climb over the wall. Like, I'm going to climb over the... But I didn't let him. Right. I wanted to keep him here because he's my guest and I like him. Yeah. Like, Elaine's whole thing is like, he is my guest. How dare you do anything to my guest? And Gawain's just face palming in the corner the whole time. <laughs> like, like, why is this my sister? Why, <laughs> why does it have to be her that I'm related to? But also, I love my sister. It's like a, yeah. it's like a, it's like a fond facepalm. Yeah. Cause he, at, at every time he has the opportunity to, he does help her. Yeah, he does. I just like the sibling relationship. It's, I it's like fun. It. It's fun. Um, yeah. So he, he gets an audience with Morghese. Ran, like, he's like, he doesn't want it, but he's there. Yep. And he's talking to Elida, who is something. I do not like her. She is just at the beginning sitting there and knitting. And then she, like, wants to touch his face. <laughs> it's like, for a person, I tend to trust people who are crafty. Just, like... She's crafty and she likes plants. Right! So everything about her is, like, a kindred spirit. I should like her. She likes plants. She was just knitting. For context, all of the plants in the Andoran Palace are, like, green and growing and vibrant. And there's flowers everywhere. And... Elaine makes a, kind of like an offhand comment, like, yeah, I wish Elida wouldn't make the plants grow. Because it seems... It just seems wrong. It seems That wrong. we have growing and flourishing plants while the rest of the country is struggling with their farms. Yeah. And so, yeah, she just likes her plants and she likes to knit, but she's a bitch. Yeah. Like, Elida is the worst. The worst. I should, like, I should, and all, like, just those two things about her, liking plans and knitting, I should have immediately liked her. I immediately did not like her. It wasn't yeah. even, like, a, it was like, oh, I like her. Nope, never mind. Instant. Something, like, you shouldn't, a person who's just sitting there knitting should not exude this much, I, like, no, she, you should hate me energy. Because what she ends up wanting to do is, she doubts that he's from the Two Rivers because he doesn't look like it. He looks like an Aiel, which is like the third time somebody has said An Aelman or Aiel-man. Aiel-man. That's just, I, he looks like he's Aiel. She's I, just like a race of people. Okay. I was uh, wondering Tam, about that. Tam mentions them at the beginning. I, yeah, I was like, it sounds familiar, but so there's like a race of people. Yeah. But it seems like there's something about them. Yes. There is something. There are several. There are many things about them. Because it seems like a bad thing to look like them. We'll find out more. Cause, okay, read and find out. Read and find out. Um, yeah, but she's there and she's like poking and prodding Rand, and eventually, at the towards the end, she wants to like throw him in the dungeon so she can study him and get him to talk. And get him and to talk. She like, said, what the fuck I, "She's is like, that? I think we, can, I think I can get him to say more." And it's like, oh, okay, hold back the torture. Yeah, Basil Gill had warned Rand about. Elida before and Basil Gill was absolutely fucking right. Yeah. And he, because at first, like right at the beginning of this section, he's like, oh, I want to go to the Aes Sedai. And Basil Gill's like, nah. Oh, and he's like, okay. And then he meets her and he's like, yep, I did not want to go to this woman. Yup. He, he runs away. Yeah. At the end, when they let him go, he, he's, he's running. Yeah. He stands outside the palace and once he gets over his moment that he has with Elaine, he's like, oh, Right. I should yeah. be running now. But before that, he gets off. He gets out of this because of three things. He's not a very good liar. And yes. it's obvious that he's not a good liar. And so Morghese and Gareth Bryn, the captain of the Queen's Guard, are just like, 
yeah, you're a shit liar. He seems trustworthy. Like, right. It, it seems like he's telling the he, truth. He has the accent of the two of his people. Right. And it would be so ridiculous for somebody who looks like they're an Aiel man to claim that they're from the two rivers and carry a heron marked blade. That his father gave him rather than he earned himself. That his, farmer, another, that his father, another farmer from the two rivers had. Yeah, basically she's like, your story is too far-fetched to be made up. It's basically like, you can't make this shit up. This right. has to be true. Yeah. And then on the way out, Elaine, Elaine says something. Elaine is, oh, right. Elaine's like, it's customary to like not look at when they're leaving so that you don't remember them leaving. You just remember their visit. Rand replies with, it's customary in the two rivers to bring a gift. But I guess since you claimed that I taught you so much about the two rivers. That's my gift. That's my gift. And then Elaine goes, well, if I told my mother I thought you were handsome, I think she would have killed you. I love that energy on her. I just such she And to be fair, Morgan's might have. It's kind of big dick energy coming from Elaine in that moment. Yeah, well she she kind of seems to have learned from the best in Morgay's, because Morgay's is just like, I'm just gonna do what I want. I loved that. Also, thing. I'm I'm gonna say it now, based on Rand's description of Morgay's, Morgay's is a MILF. Yeah. Like he describes he, just... he describes Elaine as beautiful. Like one of the most beautiful people he's ever seen. And then he meets Morgay's and he's like they look at the same, just slightly older. Morgay's is like Elaine, but aged like a fine wine. All right. <laughs> sure. Weird way to describe a person and their mother. I mean. But okay. But she is a mother. Yeah. And he likes Elaine. He does like and Elaine. If, and if Morgay's looks like her. All right. I get it. Yeah. Basically. queen. The queen is a MILF. And well, MILF. the queen did have a relationship with Tom. The queen did have a relationship with Tom. And... Tom seems like he would have picky taste. He does. Well, he he definitely has picky taste, at least with like music and performing. So right. probably that so also it extends applies to, to women. women. Yeah. Or men, because I don't know Tom's deal. It's at least women. It's at least women. At a minimum, it's w- one woman. But we don't know the rest of his we deal. We don't know the rest of his deal. He does wear a rainbow coat. He does wear a rainbow coat, but it's like a dull rainbow coat. Rainbow's a rainbow. That's fair. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> But yeah, so then Gawain says goodbye and yeah. again tells him that he looks like an alien. Right. So this is like three times. Rand keeps getting told that he looks like an Aeo man. And he's it's like, probably going to come up later. Don't worry about it. Yeah. He's just like, I'm from the two rivers. Tam is my dad. Yep. <laughs> and then he runs back to the Queen's Blessing. Because he's like, I've got to get out of here before... Elida catches up and right. there's a captures random, me. There's a random beggar looking for me, which can't be good because dark friends exist. Yeah. And Elida is here and wants to, I don't know, eat me, Honestly, torture me. Who know who the hell knows what yes. Elida wants with Rand? I know what I am, Elida wants what with I'm Rand. What I'm not looking forward to is Moraine and Elida <laughs> interactions. I Ooh. am afraid for everyone in the vicinity. They are two very powerful women. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Where is Elida's warder? That's a good question. Because <laughs> I was just like, Lan's going to have an interesting time. Wait, where is her warder? Because it's not the captain guard. No, he wouldn't because he doesn't like her. No. Seems like the only person who really tolerates her is Morgaze. Yeah. But yeah, where is her warder? Very good question. You'll find out. Read and find out. Yeah. I'll say it. I'll say <laughs> it at least once this episode. <laughs> I think that's everything. It's a 
it's a big section. We're it is we're, a big we're section. at the part where things start happening. Right, we are in the last quarter of the book. We had like 77 well, according to my Goodreads when I put in the page to count when I finished reading this section, we are at 77% of the way through this book. Yep. Which means that something big is about to happen that puts us into the last act of the book. Yeah. Something big's about to happen and cause the climax and like the starting the resolution into the next book. Yep, things are coming together. And I just like at least two of three groups have been reunited. Yeah, I'm one. Like, I'm really hoping they at least reunite going into the next book. Yeah. Like, maybe that is that moment because there's usually just a moment at the at like that seventy five percent, eighty percent mark where like one last big thing happens. Yeah, very fair and true. So yeah. hopefully they get back together. I don't want to see naive or not naive um, Moraine and Elida interact, but I also kind of do. We'll see. Yeah. I know what happens. You do know what happens. That's the point of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Recurring segments. I did not catch any other weird prophetic aura things. Yeah. There was more lightning, but that wasn't involved with Rand. No. And Perrin officially is just Wolf. Perrin is Wolfman. Wolf, because yellow eyes. (laughs) Perrin's Teen Wolf, because he's like 18. (laughs) I know. I have not seen that series. I also haven't. I just know it exists. Yeah. So, reference, that's Perrin. Wolf boy. Teen Wolf. Yeah. Ship updates. I am intrigued to see where Elaine and Rand go. Do you think it has potential for like a love triangle with Rand and Egwene? Okay. You sparked a rant that you didn't know existed. Oh. (laughs) Please, please share. If... Elaine and Rand are a thing. Uh-huh. It would not be a love triangle. A triangle has three points and three sides. So in order for it to be a love triangle between Rand, Elaine, and Egwene, uh-huh. it would have to be Rand and Egwene are interested in each other, Rand and Elaine are interested in each other, and Elaine and Egwene are interested in each other. Okay. If it's just Rand and Elaine and Rand and Egwene, it's a love V. Stop calling things a love triangle if there's not... Three well, involved. It doesn't. That, that third leg doesn't have to be interested in. It could be enemies. Nope. It has to. For it to be a love triangle, all three parties have to be in, okay. involved. Love involved with the with the other two parties. Okay. Do you think there could be a love v thing then going on between Rand, Elaine, and Egwene? Possibly. Too many, too many e names. He has a type. Strong women with e. Yeah. Possibly. If, but there's all, I think, I think Egwene has a potential for two love Vs, like, to be, there's, like, Rand having a love V, and then I think Egwene has a possibility to have a love V as well, between Perrin and Rand. Okay. Because I think there's something going on between Perrin and Egwene. Okay. Like, there were some tender moments between them, and they've known each other for a really long time, but they also kind of trauma bonded, so. Yeah. They were kidnapped. All right. Any other ship updates? Um, I think I'm slowly... Are you slowly getting on the Night Even Land I ship? think I am. Okay. We'll, we'll check in on that. Yeah, I, I think I dig it. That's fair. They definitely, they kind of fit each other well. Yeah, like there's, there's something going on and it's not just one-sided because Perrin picked up on it. Yeah. It's not just Nynaeve has a crush on Lan anymore. I think Lan likes Nynaeve. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll check in on that. Last recurring segment, favorite moments. What was your favorite moment or favorite moments? I mentioned it before, but the Gawain 
being like Elaine should marry someone from the Two Rivers. Yeah. Elaine, or Gawain also ships Elaine and Rand. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or at least Elaine and a Two Rivers person. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine and a rock. <laughs> um, and then Rand has another parent has better luck with girls moment. And I think... And that's not with Elaine. That's with a random barmaid. Yeah. There's a, Rand gets it. Apparently. Um, but yeah, any time that him and Perrin, for the rest of the series, go, the other has better luck with women, I will love. That is... I hope that trope comes up. It's, I'm officially calling it a, spe- a Wheel of Time specific trope, and I hope it comes up more. All right. Yours? Two of them, again. Uh, the meeting between Rand and Loyal. I really like because they're both trying to be so polite to the other. Mm-hmm. Rand doesn't want to offend Loyal for thinking he was a Trolloc or for thinking that he's real old or just like strange ogier things. And Loyal doesn't want to... Loyal wants to stop comparing Rand to like a pet. <laughs> because Loyal is basically like, oh, humans have the lifespan of a cat, basically. Okay. Compared they kind of do. do. Loyal is a young 90 years old, and yeah. Rand is 18. Right. And, like, starting to become an adult. Right. Uh, the other favorite moment of mine is the banter with uh, Rand and Elaine at the very end. Rand tries to give as good as he gets, but cannot match Elaine in wit. I like that one of your favorite moments has been, like, a shippy moment. Yeah, that's true. Just slowly getting you involved in shipping. Maybe. Plot twist. I've, I've liked Rand and Elaine from the beginning. I mean, that's fair, but... This predates you. <laughs> Getting you more much. involved in the romance. Okay. Which is good, because for our in-between seasons... Yeah, I'm going to be reading a different book. Yeah. Or, well, I'll be reading a book that you've read. Yes, that'll be exciting. We won't say it here. No, we we'll won't. We'll save that. But it will be a romance Probably. novel. It will be. It'll be my favorite romance novel. Yes. Anybody who follows you on Instagram probably knows already. Probably. If anybody from our listeners follows you on Instagram. They may not. I mean, possibly. Who knows? He's on He's on the Twitter that I'm not allowed to go on because spoilers. Too many spoilers. And I am on Instagram with Cozy Critiques. Yeah. Because I also can't delve too far into the Wheel of Time Instagram. No, there are just... For fear of spoilers. There's just spoilers everywhere. Anyway, this was Not the Beginning, Episode 8, Chapters 36 through 40. Next episode, two weeks from now, is chapters 41 through 46. Getting real close to the end. We'll see what happens. Two more episodes. Two more episodes. All right. Bye. Bye.